Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 216. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and tap room located in Northeast Los Angeles. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing, diverse menu. Tell them that Inside the Desert Oasis Room sent you and get your first pint on us. Limitations apply. For more information, go to frogtownbrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. On this episode, we chat with Marie King. Join us as we learn about her eclectic background. Her start as a hostess at Jolly Roger to the moment where she almost left hospitality altogether to join the medical industry. And the full circle story to her becoming the new director of beverage for the upcoming launch of the iconic Don the Beachcomber brand and their new chain of restaurants. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Polynesian Pop, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases, as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. All righty. Let's get into this. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. And give it up for my friend, Marie King. friends. We have a special guest on the podcast today, my old friend Marie King. You might know Marie. You guys know Marie if you're old, listening to our podcast. Old or long time? Long time friend. <laughs> <laughs> when you're speaking to a woman, sometimes you have to clarify. <laughs> I have to be careful about, about that, right? Um, but yeah, I've known Marie for... But we are old now. We are old. Older. Older. I mean, we were in our 30s back then. It's been 20 years. 20-ish years. And How did we meet? I f- was trying to remember. So I think we met, I think we met online first, but the first time that I had your cocktails, you were working at the spot next to Moose McGillicuddy's. Tonga well, Hut. No. I'm not Tonga no. Hut. Uh, uh, Jolly Roger. Was it Jolly Roger? It was Jolly Roger, yeah. And... 
you were making stuff out of the Grog Log, I remember. You I had was. the Grog Log app on your phone, and you're like, hey. No, this was way before apps. Oh, so the book. This was the book. This was the Spiral Bound book. This was before, I mean, my first text message I ever got was from John Paul. Oh. <laughs> before we started dating, okay. or right okay. when we were kind of courting each other. I just, and that was, yeah, 2004. Four. 2004, yeah. Yeah, so coming up <laughs> on 20 years. I, yeah. I remember going to this it was what kind of like a nautical-ish, surfish style bar. There was like a VW bus out in front or something, right? Yeah. So it had been a Jolly Roger, and they were a chain all over Southern California from San Diego to probably Santa Barbara. And about the same time that all of the Don the Beachcombers were closing, so did they. The The oil bus kind of imploded the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. And this Jolly Roger stayed open but by early 2000, 99, 2000, they converted it to a Buster's Beach House. That's what it was. Buster's it was a Beach Buster's house. Beach yep. House. And little did I know, except that there was a picture of him on the corner and on the wall, it was decked out by Bamboo Ben in all oceanic art stuff. Oh, Which okay. I, at the time, in 99, 2000, wasn't in my realm of knowledge, you know? Yeah, yeah, because... Tiki Central was just yeah. getting started, yep. and we didn't have all that history yet because people were not. That's where all the history came from. Was like people were were put, adding it to the the forums, the and we were learning about how things were related and who knew who mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's interesting because I remember so in nineties when I was doing the whole like nightclub clubby thing. I used to go to Moose McGillicuddy's out there, and this is in Long Beach. This yeah. is uh, yeah. what, what is what is that little strand there? What so do they call that? We're a little bit more down the road. We were next to, oh God, I can't even remember what it's called now. Moose McGillicuddy's was in the Marina Pacifica Mall. We were down the road a little bit. No, Buster's was right next door to it. Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, that was a yeah, club. Yeah, that was a club. I totally remember yeah. because <laughs> when they mandated breaks for the first time in the early 2000s, we would go over there and drink for half an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you make you somebody take a break. There's a bar next door. What are you going to do? Go do shots. And right, they did the exactly. same. They would come over to our bar and do shots. That's what you did. That's, that's an industry thing, right? That's totally so, an industry thing. Yeah. So... How long were you there? <laughs> 1988 to 2010. Twelve? Oh, wow. No, almost 30 years. Wait, wait, wait. I was, I, all right. So this is a little known fact. 22. I was independent at 16, uh-huh. living on my own and got a job at Jolly Roger as a hostess. And I dropped out of high school. Okay. Um, I had to take care of myself. And that was the first job I got. And I literally had that job until even after I started managing down the beachcomber and sunset, I had, I went to my shift on a Wednesday night there and I had my car accident, April 23rd of Friday night. So two days before my accident oh. was my last shift at Buster's Beach. I want to show you something yeah. since you mentioned that. And we're going to talk about this. <laughs> that's in, a long, that's, we're that's, going to talk about this later in the yeah. podcast as well, but I want to show you something. But yeah, that's where I uh, I first started working in the industry and hospitality at 16. Got the bug, never left it. Um, but I was there till I was 21, and then I moved to New Orleans. <gasps> no way! So Marie's looking at a bowl that was made by our friend Gotiki. 
Wow. For that's one of my prized possessions. There's only that's one insane. like that. Yeah. So this is beautiful too. We're we're gonna talk about this later in the podcast. Maria was in a really horrific automobile accident and the yeah. community banded together to help her with medical bills and and morale and that kind of stuff. And so I just showed her a bowl that you know, we had the community volunteering art and volunteering music and volunteering their time to uh, help out our friend Marie. And this is a bowl from that event. Marie it was called Palooza. Marie Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug Horn did a, a poster for it and had a little tiki with a Band-Aid on its forehead. <laughs> I have it I, I have it upstairs in a frame. Yeah, I, yeah, I have mine yeah, framed so. and all of the people who performed that day signed it. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But Busters... I think that's the first time that we met in person because you immediately offered to make me grog log cocktails. Right. Well, I was lucky enough because I'd been there for so long and I was, you know, they they knew what I was doing and they knew that if I brought them a an offer to do an evening of X, Y, or Z that it would bring people in. So I asked if I could do a tiki night. And I hired, well, we hired, we paid the smoking Manahoonies to play. Uh, Built a Pia came in one time and did us a, a couple of sets on his own. Um... There was a couple other bands that we had played, but it wasn't as much about the bands as it was that I would spend the days before making syrups and gathering ingredients and, you know, making menus, really cool looking menus and uh, getting myself ready because I was the only bartender on that shift to present these cocktails. And I knew that they had to be tits. I knew that they had. And I remember that. I remember you being the only bartender back there a lot of times because I'd. I'd go out there a few times a month to hang out. It was on a Sunday or something. Yeah, we would do it on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, Marie, what was your? Obviously, you were serving cocktails, and you were you were a mixologist. What was the first introduction to tiki? Can you remember? Uh, yes, it was basically through surf music, through my husband. He. Um, at the time, he wasn't playing, but he was really into the instrumental surf music scene. And they go hand in hand. So a lot of his friends that were couples, when we became a couple, we befriended and we'd hang out with them. And then they'd take us to home tiki bars. And the first home tiki bar we ever went to is Alan Shelley Nepper's. Right. Their, Alan Shelley Nepper, their whole home was tiki. Yeah. Fun. It wasn't just, I mean, their front door, instead of a, a peephole, they had a porthole. Yeah. So... <laughs> You would see their whole face when they walked up to the door. And their home was the first home bar featured in the first issue of Tiki Magazine. Right. Wow. Which we took, John Paul took, the, my husband took the photos for. Amazing. Yeah. But we... Uh, and he took the photos for... For this. For this, for, for Tiki, Tiki Magazine. Magazine. When this, when yeah, this bar he made should have Tiki done Magazine. a book by he now. Also, didn't he also do the photos of Jeff Berry as a zombie? Yes. He did the photos, the majority of the photos in the first Sip and Safari book in the original, not the 10 year anniversary, um, which is not what he does anymore. I mean, he's yeah. fully like 100 percent musician, which he and I met in photo school <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> in a black and white dark room. Yeah. yeah. 
I would bend over to get the paper out from underneath on a shelf and he'd stare at my butt while I was bending over. <laughs> he purposely, hilarious. I found out years later that he purposely chose the enlarger right next to mine because he saw me in one of the classes before we went into the dark room. So yeah, he was a stalker. <laughs> what a move. <laughs> Total what a move, stalker. John Paul. Total stalker. Smooth. And then I was, uh, I remember we were sitting there and you know, you have little trays and you're rocking your prints and I was singing an ACDC song and he was like, yeah, you like ACDC? And I said, yeah, my boyfriend had it on in the car last night and it stuck in my head and he just (laughs) (laughs) but it was kind of perfect because we were friends for a year and a half yeah in a very intimate social circle through smc photo department and in a very dark room and in a very dark room (laughs) um before anything happened I mean, I made out with him the day I broke up with that guy. <laughs> Literally that same night, I made up, made out with him. Wow. How uh, did we get here? Right? I know. Busters. We're going back to Busters. So how did I get into Tiki? Yes. So John Paul, through surf music, through the home Tiki bars, um, we went down to San Diego to a show. We stayed at... Ron and Dale's house in San Diego, Ron Masesco of the Astroglide, Sand Devils, and currently the Scimitars, which Scimitars. he's in with my husband. They're finally made a band together. And yeah, why did it take it so long? So, because he's in San Diego and JP's up here and they're okay. both procrastinators. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, it Just the timing was perfect, though, because this is actually a really great band. The Scimitars are really, really good. They're awesome. We got up in the morning. We went to Alan Shelley Neppers. That was our first. And Al made us a giant welcome bowl. And I remember wow. taking a sip out of it and going, mm, apricot. He goes, you could you could taste there's apricot in there. I'm like, yeah, can't you? It's like, most people can't. Wow. Right. I was like, oh. Are you huh. a super taster? I, I don't know. Okay. I've never but done you know that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a pH acid test yeah, thing that you test. could do. I've never done it, yeah. but I know that I could pick out flavors like crazy. Okay. Which You might be. I forgot how the, the test works. So if you you put the te- the 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 for lack of a better term, the sample or whatever it is, you put it on your like tongue. Like a test strip. And if you're a super taster, it will taste bitter to you. Is right. that right? Something like that. And then if you're not a super taster, you won't taste anything. It'll be just like putting a piece of paper on your tongue. Yeah. Something like that. Someone's going to correct me in the comments. I know. But, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys look that up, it it's, it's it, in some ways, it's considered a superpower. Like you taste things that other people don't taste. Well, I definitely know that women have more taste buds on their tongue than men do. So genetically, women are better tasters. Okay. Um, just by virtue of science. Okay, okay. And uh, I believe Martin Kate did a super taster he thing did. at one of his symposiums. He did at, at Tiki Oasis, Oasis, and I didn't go to that. Okay, I didn't I either. I think I probably passed yeah. out. So I don't, I don't think I am, but... <laughs> it so, was one okay, of the early interesting. ones before I was, you know, trying So he true. made you the welcome bowl. Yeah, he made me the welcome bowl. I tasted apricot in it, and I knew, like, okay, I got something. This, this is something. And then John Paul and I... John Paul went to his first Trader Vic's in Beverly Hills at the age of three because mm-hmm. his parents were going there before he was born. So that was always a very special place. So our first Valentine's Day, we ended up going there. Oh, wow. And, you know, then the Mai Tai became a thing in our household and we got the Grog Log mm-hmm. and Intoxica and we had those books and we couldn't really afford to buy things, but we'd go down to high times and we'd be like, okay, what can we use right. for the most right. number of drinks? So we would have researched that before and then tried to buy the mini bottles because, 
you know, I was a bartender three days a week and he was a photo student. So we didn't have money. Right. Um, but I knew at the bar I had certain ingredients. So I would just flip through those books and I was like, all right, well, come to the bar then. Yeah. Because I have right. more resources right. here than right. I do anywhere else. Right. I remember when our friend Tiki Kate passed away oh. and we were at her yard sale uh-huh. when they were liquidating her collection. And you and JP bought all the cocktail <laughs> books. I remember looking at you. So that mask, the white mask over your right shoulder, uh-huh. I got from there. Uh-huh. Um, and so it, that's from Tiki that's, Kate's estate. That's an OA mask, right? It is. Yeah. And then all of those guys up there on the shelf to your right, uh, the dark ones, those are all from Kate's estate. And then the green float up in the corner Did you is from know Kate's that estate. We have her Whitco bar. I didn't know that. We have her Whitco bar. I didn't know that. Yeah. So for our listeners that don't know who Tiki Kate is, she was someone in the community that had a gigantic collection. Huge. Every Tiki Farm mug ever made. You know that she had her collection in her living room right. and a car drove Smashed. through her living room. Oh my God. Smash her collection. And because of yeah. Ooga Mooga? Was it Ooga Mooga? Yeah, yeah, Ooga Mooga. She Michelle, had it all cataloged uh, there. Humo Humo. She showed that to the insurance company and they replaced mm-hmm. it all. Yeah. But she, she passed away of cancer. Breast cancer. And so she was, she developed breast cancer when I was at Dawn the Beach Comar. And she would, when she felt up to it, she would have friends drive her down there. Yeah. And she was getting better. And then she I had my better, car huh? accident. And I remember Uku, rest in peace as she well. She passed as well. Uku was visiting Kate and myself as Kate was getting worse again and I was getting better. And mm. I always had this guilt that yeah, I was getting guilt. better. Yeah. Yeah. And Kate passed that October. Wow. Yeah. Squid made her the most beautiful urn for her ashes it was all papua new guinea it was gorgeous gorgeous and then and then what he did too which i thought was really interesting was he made i don't know how many there were was it five extra smaller ones so he made five extra smaller moai that they took her ashes and they put some of the ashes in those other five and they put a cork in it one of them is behind the bar at the Tiki Tea. Ugh. Yeah, and they were handed out to her closest friends. Yeah. So so she could be with her closest friends, and I think Humu got one of them. She literally knew she was passing and yeah. pointed at things in her collection and said, I want so-and-so right. to get this, so-and-so, so-and-so to, get to get this, this. so-and-so mm-hmm. to get that. So the reason why I have that green float is because Boris gave it to me. Yeah. So she and Boris were very close. Very they close. used to do a lot of urban archaeology yeah. together, and and they were like really, really close. And one day Boris says, hey, I have something for you. And I said, okay. And he popped the trunk of his car, and he said, he said here, this is from, from Kate. And he gave me that float. And I looked at Boris and I said, I don't think Kate liked me, <laughs> Boris. <laughs> and he said, he said, she liked you. Now, just to back up a little bit to why I said that, um, I had gotten divorced in 2005 from my first wife and Alan Shelley had gotten divorced at the same time. Oh, and so I we, remember. We and gravitated toward each other. Tim also was splitting with Tim his wife. Was, he, he divorced his wife. Right. And Sabu. And Sorry. Rich Lewis as well. Oh, that's right. And then a college buddy of mine. There was five of us. Uh, it all happened within like a 60-day time period. Yeah. And so we all kind of gravitated toward each, towards each other to help each other, support each other and all that. Because <laughs> it's a very difficult time when you go through divorce, right? And 
during that period, Al dated Kate for a little bit, not very long, maybe like a month or two, and it didn't work out. And so he became a little bit of like a pariah to her, right? Because he's an ex-boyfriend. And that's why I said to Boris, I don't think she likes me because I was friends with Al. Right. And, and Boris said, uh, no. He goes, I, I knew her very well. I know she would want you to have this. And I want you to have this. So you should have this. Uh-uh. And I said, okay, I don't know if it's the right thing to do to to accept this if she didn't like me. And he's like, no, I I think she would want you to have this. It's like, Adrian, shut up. She liked you. Yeah. And so I, well, I still don't know. I really don't know. But but it's, uh, you know, it's there, there it is on the ceiling, you know. Yeah, Kate, when she broke up with somebody, they would become persona non grata for a yeah. while. But she always, she knew, she knew that they were, I mean, you dated somebody for a reason. We had this conversation once. You dated somebody for a reason. Sure. So there's some valuable traits and reasons and that you should stay friends with them. I obviously don't have any ill feelings towards her because I yeah, have I the things from her yeah. her collection in my room. Absolutely. So rest in peace, Kate. Here's to Kate and here's to Lisa. Here's to, to Uku. To Lisa. Cheers. Cheers. That's how old we That's are. That's old Marie. school, man. <laughs> old school. So from there... So Kate, yeah, we bought all of her cocktail books. We bought a bunch of stuff from her collection. Right. I just remember seeing you and John Paul, that stack of... There was Grog Log, <laughs> there was a Intoxica or mm-hmm. whatever was in that mm-hmm. stack. And I remember you grabbing the whole stack. Yeah. And you and JP were going through them. And then, I don't know if it was you or he said it, but just said, let's just get them all. Yeah. And I remember thinking, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. But, you know, I didn't want to be greedy. Everybody was there picking through her stuff. It felt a little surreal. It it is surreal. You know. I think that's why she was smart enough to pass it out to people before. Right. You know. Right. But it is surreal. I mean, but estate sales are like that. But if it wasn't for estate sales, how much would you really have? I mean, John Paul was a photographer at an estate sale company. I can't tell you. He was the first guy in the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how much cool stuff we've ended up yeah, with yeah. from that. Yeah, wow. That works out. Yeah. Right? I mean, it didn't last. I, that part of his job wasn't the primary part of his job, but he always had people on the lookout for him. So we yeah. ended up with some really cool stuff. Yeah. So how did you end up getting over to Don's? So Buster's Beach House was right down the street. Right. Long Beach and Sunset Beach slash Huntington Beach were right next door to each other. And I had actually applied to every incarnation of Sam Seafood and Orcona that opened in that building because oh, I, I wanted so badly to be in a tiki bar. Okay. Like a real tiki bar, you know? Um, but I had a full time job. And I lived in Venice or Culver City at the time. Right. So it wasn't like they were like, no, we don't want you. You live too far. You have already have a job. You're okay. too experienced. You're not going to fit in here. So I never got the job. Um, this was when it was Kona. There were. Or Sam's. There were two Sam's and a Kona. Okay. From the orig- between the original Sam's and the Don the Beach Comer. Were you trying to get into Sam's when Tommy was behind the bar? Tommy was the original Sam Seafood, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was no, a crazy no, 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 no. Asian bartender. No, 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 no. He He was like no, no, Arnold no. from Arnold's and right. Happy Days. Oh, totally. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> do you remember when they were closing and we would go to Crab Night? Yeah. 
And I remember Sabu and his wife were still together, and you were there. I used to go to Crab Night yeah. every Monday there. It was like all you could eat crab legs right. for. All like... you could eat crab legs, and we take over that back room. Yeah, for that back room. Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get a bottle of wine." I'm like, "What do you have?" And he's like, "This one." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Behringer White Zinfandel or something. I'm like, "I'll take it," because <laughs> I knew better than to order a cocktail. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, they were horrible under Tommy, but Ugh. Tommy was funny. He was just oh, he was just he was bitter. He was like. You want my last bottle of wine? Oh, it's, he's kind of like Greg, actually. Yeah. Oh, so much like Greg. He is like Greg. Actually, now that I, he even looked like Greg, right? He looked more Fuck like his guy. brother. Okay. He was skinnier. Skinnier. Right. He looked more like Michael. Okay. Yeah. That's um, funny. But yeah, that guy was funny. Yeah. He said so, he would say stuff like, "We need money. Time to burn down the bar." Yeah. <laughs> And he kind of meant it. Yeah. He kind of meant it. Yeah. yeah. Totally kind of meant like, it. Like, that's what you do. You know? Yeah. So, makes you question all these old spots that burn down. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, did a Sam Seafood have a few incidents? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't weird. know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of Sam Seafood lore. I know that it burned down when it was across the street, and that's why they moved it to the current location, but that mm-hmm. was in the 30s or 40s. Right. And all the tunnels underneath. Yeah, they did that because the original Sam Seafood was a rum runner hub. Because the fishing fleet, there weren't all those houses there. The beach was right there. Right. Right. So they would literally roll the barrels up on the beach. And the fishmongers would come in with their fish and sell the fish and the booze out of Sam Seafood. Wow. That's so cool. It was probably tequila from Mexico or something, you know? Yeah. Um, How did I get the job at Don the Beachcomber? Uh couple people recommended me for it i know bamboo ben i know the garlands i know i showed up and made my face present a lot (laughs) i remember how exciting those early days were because you brought back all the old glory Right. right but the reason i got the job was because when i i didn't it wasn't an interview i sat down with delia and art and I just talked about the history and the legacy yeah, yeah, and how important this was. And I think I probably even cried at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex knows I'm a, I'm a crier, <laughs> especially when you <laughs> ask me about Dawn's and the legacy. Um, well, I, I think it's important also to talk about like Adrian, what were the drinks like at Dawn the Beachcombers? And we're going to get to that. Yeah. I so, mean, before Marie was there. Before Marie was there. There were, were no drinks before yeah, me, was, really. I mean, like it was, like I said, Tommy would make these. Sam Seafood. When it was Sam Seafood. Right. I don't right. even remember it was like at Kona, but Kona happened to actually be one of the stops on my right. quote unquote bachelor party when I got married to Stephanie. Oh, yeah. I just did like a three mm-hmm. or four tiki bar crawl with maybe a dozen of my friends and Kona was one of the stops and it was a nightclub they tried to turn it into a nightclub right. back then with the DJ and dancing no, that was Sam Seafood 2 oh it was so the Sam Seafood 1 kind of tried to keep it a little more traditional right. tiki but it was just a, a failing endeavor they didn't okay. have the money the infrastructure the building was falling down Sam Seafood 2 came in and pulled all the tikis out of the dagger bar See, I didn't remember that. Yeah, Bamboo Ben actually had them put them back and put them back. Oh, they're I the ones that. who painted it like super crazy neon bright and then pulled them out. Oh, because they wanted more room to walk around, so they took all the guancos out of that room. Wow, 
But okay. Ben was not stupid. He kept them. Yeah. And I think he sold them back to the Kona owner. <laughs> oh, okay. That would make sense. So then the guys came in. So it was the Kona opened. And he, I think he had good intentions. Um, but, you know, he started the reggae thing and he was keeping the brunch going and he got the Polynesian dancers. Okay. And, you know, Tikiaki would play there on New Year's Eve. And when it was, was Kona? When it was Kona, for oh. sure. There was about three or four shows with Kona. Because okay. he had it for at least two years. Yeah, it was like two years. Yeah. Um, he got the, some of the drink, some of the food that was on the Don the Beachcomber menu was his food. See, I didn't remember the drinks when it was Kona. I, so the drinks were questionable because. That's probably why I didn't remember it. Right. Because he was a rep for Southern Wine and Spirits, which is oh. now Southern Glacier Wine and Spirits. Okay. So he could never have the liquor license in his name because he worked in the industry. So the liquor license was in his wife's name. So everything that was in there was Southern Forward. So they had crazy wine selection. That's mm. They had like 20 wines on their menu because he was making, yeah. he was literally getting... Um, that I remember. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, commission? Commission. Off of what he was selling yeah. to his own bar, which is why you can't have a liquor license yeah. in your name yeah. and work for one of these companies. But, you know, he you have to have Young's and Southern. You have to have the two because one has Grey Goose, one has Jack Daniels. Like the two big things you need in a bar. You have to have Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. you have to have Grey Goose. So he... Stopped paying his bills to to Young's first because that's not who he worked for. And he would the people that worked there were telling me that he would buy the Grey Goose. He would keep the Grey Goose bottle and buy Smirnoff and pour it in the Grey Goose bottle oh, wow. back in the office at the end of the night. <laughs> wow, you know, yeah. And then he couldn't even pay his own company's bills. Wow. So he got cut off from all liquor deliveries. Yeah. He had one of the liquor stores down the street by the booze. Uh huh. And then buy it from them. And then buy it from them. Yeah. So illegal. Yeah, totally. So, so illegal. Totally illegal. So their liquor cocktail program was never (laughs) rum rhapsody forward. Right, right. He did have some really cool rums, and I did have a lot of rums on the shelf when I came in to play with. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was, it wasn't, I remember their happy hour was all about the sky vodkas. I didn't remember that. I, I don't remember a lot about Kona. I really don't. I, I remember when you came in. I remember when it became a Don's. Mm-hmm. And then everything from like the original style of the coasters, the, the swizzles. Even if I recall correctly, the menus had mm-hmm. the same original artwork on the front. <laughs> John Paul and I scanned our menus. Okay. And then photoshopped and created a new one. Like wow. we have a really pristine menu that yeah. we've got somewhere in an envelope that was never used. Yeah. So he literally scanned it in and cut and pasted and like cut out all the images for the cocktails and recreated a menu like that. I remember just being yeah. super excited about all of that. We didn't have an art department. Coming back. JP oh, I and know. I did that. Yeah, yeah. All of the postcards, the matchbooks, all that stuff JP and I did at home. Yeah. Like because this was so important to us. Yeah. And that's why Delia hired me. She straight up told me, she was like, I hired you because you said that Dawn was more important than we are. That Dawn's legacy is more important than working in a bar and making money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
what was the challenge when you came in to bring back all of those cocktails? A couple. Uh, money. Because the Snyders never really had, like, a big surplus of money. Mm-hmm. And then my knowledge of all of these spirits was still nascent. Okay. Like, I knew what an agricole was, but I didn't know the difference between the distilleries. Right. But that's why I was lucky. There was three or four agricoles sitting on the back shelf. So I actually sat back there and tried them. And I would come out after we closed or before we opened and I would find a vintage recipe and I would make it with these agricoles. And I'm like, that tastes good to me, but will it taste good to other people? And then I'd have friends come in and we'd, I'd make three versions of the drink with three different spirits and we'd try them and be like, okay, that one tastes the best, but it's too expensive. Right, <laughs> you know, right, that spirit right. is a $47 a bottle right, spirit. Right. So in a bar, you'd have to sell this drink for $19. Right. Nobody's going to come in 2010 and yeah. buy a drink for $19. Which today, 19 is like... Normal. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this one is good. Let's tweak it a little bit. So we'd literally, I would have like a group of people and we would just taste test stuff. Yeah. Wow. So the challenge was just learning so i started the menu with maybe like 10 or 15 drinks and then every few weeks i would add a couple more and then you were the one i believe who started the mug cabinet right i did and so regulars could leave a mug in a cabinet there and we'd have a little name plaque in front of our mug john paul made those plaques for me the little name tags yeah he took the the outline of the Don the Beachcomber wooden the driftwood, driftwood plaque yeah. and blanked it out and then you could put your name in there and that would so sit cool. in front of your mug. Yeah. And there's a cabinet there with just filled yeah. with mugs and it was a great also piece of decor oh, because yeah. Yeah. the mugs were all different, so colorful and you know, and it was that was kind of a fun thing. It made people feel like they were part of the bar because you had a mug there, mm-hmm. right? And I'd go there on Mondays because, like, Monday was a, a thing there. And we always did half-price appetizers all night. That's what Drinks it was. and appetizers yeah. all night. Yeah. Happy hour. And so we had a big group that would go every Monday, and I left a mug in the shelf there. And that kind of came from the tradition of the Sam Seafood because Monday was crab night. So right. So kept the Monday. Right, right. So I was a Monday regular there for years. years. Yeah, for years and years and years. Uh, even after you had left. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I'm just, I have to say it, you know, it's the elephant of the room, right? After you left, like, it just went to shit, you know? And and I don't know what happened where, where the, the care went out the window. But, you know, by the end there, they were serving pre-batched cocktails in Dixie cups, in right. plastic Dixie cups. And I just remember thinking, man, if Don knew what they were doing, here, he would roll in his grave. Absolutely. Pre-batched with the banana-sized ice and a ruby red maraschino cherry dropped in there with an orange slice no matter what the drink was and it was in a little dixie cup plastic dixie cup a clear like the frosted clear one and um it just felt so cheap you know and i mean there's a lot i mean i could go on for hours and hours and hours and it's way too negative and i don't feel like being negative (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to go into the I'm detail. I'm not going to spiral down into that. But, you know, there was no one got it. No. 
I had my car accident. I stayed true to that company. I mean, they didn't know how to do inventory. I had it all on my computer. Nobody knew what anything was or how to make any of the syrups or the batches or whatever. Because you do have to pre-batch some things. You're not pre-batching everything, obviously, the things that are going to oxidize, you know, put in there. But you have to make a, you know, a 13 ingredient drink down to four or five touches if you can. Right. So there were certain things that we would batch, just like Don did. Don's mix one, Don's mix two. And it just became one batch made by one person who didn't drink, so never tasted anything and thought that they could make it once a week and it would last. So, you know, I mean, I was in my hospital room doing inventory. They would send me pictures of the shelves. <laughs> and I would call the the vendors and wow. let them know what we needed. Wow. And I was still doing inventory that way. And I mean, I really thought that I was, I, I mean, I never believed that my injury was as bad as it was. Um, but it was. It was pretty bad, Marie. So I know. Like, before I know. before I we move denial. on to, to your next steps, <laughs> I want to talk about that because I had heard about it and I yeah. thought, holy moly, like Marie was in a really bad wreck on the freeway. From what I understand, you're gonna, and I should probably just have you tell the story, yeah. but from what I understand, a car jumped the rail from the opposite direction mm. and hit you. Is that correct? Not quite. Uh, they jumped the access lanes. Oh, they jumped the access lanes. Yeah, so okay. it was on the 10 freeway near downtown. Yeah. And like where Western and right. I can't even remember all the streets, Arlington Norm- or whatever. Normandy and, yeah. Right. There's a, a big, huge curb. She jumped that because she was texting. Oh, so wow. She was texting while she was driving. She hit that. She went over into the main part of the freeway, hit one car, broke his axle, bounced off of that car, hit me, which sent me doing donuts but I ended up in the second lane of the freeway where a second car didn't even stop and plowed and into slammed me. into you. Yeah. Yeah. So the back wheel of my, fortunately I was facing the direction of traffic instead of the opposite way. Cause if she'd hit me head on, I'd be dead. Right. She hit me from behind. The wheel was pushed into my body and crushed my lower limbs, my pelvis and my legs. Right. Right. And I flipped the car flipped. So yeah. I remember the car flipping. Yeah. I, I still have a dent in my head. <laughs> from the T-bar. <laughs> and Marie was hospitalized at the Kaiser right yeah. by the Tiki T. By the Tiki T. I was there I'd for a to, month. Because I go to the Tiki T. She was, yeah. The, so that's how bad it was. So yeah. when we say that, it's not as bad as you think. Like, of course it was. If you're in a hospital for a month, yeah. right, that's a horrific accident. So I go to the Tiki T and then we'd say, let's go see Marie. And we'd walk over there. And then I remember Al Nepper saying, so Marie, did you ask them, when you take me to the hospital, take me to the one that's the closest to the Tiki T? yeah. <laughs> right, because you could see it from the front door of the Tiki T. We'd walk over there as a group. Totally. <laughs> I remember one day I went there on a weekend to see you with my family. I took Stephanie and the kids with me. That was the weekend that King Kukulele got married. Okay. Because you came after the, we the came wedding. After the wedding. Yep. Because so, a bunch of people came through that weekend. We walked in and I said, hey, sister, just like I would say, like, hey, brother. And, you know, my kids were happy to see her. And, you know, we, we, we visited for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, hung out for a little bit. And then as after we said goodbye and we walked out, Sydney looked at me and she said, 
is that your sister, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> she my auntie. Right. Yeah, she wanted <laughs> yeah. to know. So, uh, and her room was... Of course, oh my God. decorated with tiki's and yeah. flowers and art and I balloons. Can I see the resemblance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody was bringing over images and cards and mailing things, and it was like every inch of the walls were covered with art. Um, Dr. Z was teaching a fifth grade class at the time and they mm -hmm. had their standardized tests. And he was like, I know you guys are going to finish early. My friend's in the hospital. Make her a card. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he brought in like 30 cards from his <laughs> oh, class. Oh, I love that. I yeah, love that. Yeah, it was so yeah. cute. This one little boy was like, I'm really glad you didn't die. My dad's, my friend's dad was in a car accident and he died. It was sad. Aww. It was like fifth graders. They're so honest, you know? Right. Kids are so blunt. Um, and flowers. And one of my doctors had like terrible allergies and he'd come in and just, achoo, the whole time he was in there. <laughs> Poor guy. But all the nurses loved coming in because it was festive and it was happy. And it was. There was. I yeah. mean, I can't tell you how many people were visiting me and I was on a morphine drip. So I don't, I remember a lot, but there's a lot that I don't remember. Right, right. right. Um, I remember the hallway was a long ass walk to where your right. room was. I remember that. It was like a whole city block, was just it? the hallway. So that Kaiser's like a city into and of itself. Yeah. And what's crazy is I was born in the uh, right across the street is that big blue Scientology building. Yeah. yeah. That's Cedars of Lebanon. It was Cedars of Lebanon, and that's where I was born. Oh, that's interesting. Uh -huh. Wow. So, as a result of this accident, we talk about this now. We talk about oh, yeah, Marie Palooza. So, Marie Palooza was a fundraising event to help our friend Marie. Memorial with, Day weekend. With expenses yeah. that incurred from the accident. And the community really That's came together huge. for that. So. I missed the best bands. party of the decade. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a gigantic you get in a party. Car accident more there often. were bands in three rooms. Bands in three rooms, and there was a schedule for each room. There, it wasn't yeah. just one band. It was like band after band after band after yeah, band yeah, after band yeah. in every room. Yeah. And then I'm sure you saw photos and stuff. There was. The, the tables full of art that was donated by all the mug makers There was a silent auction and, and a raffle. Silent auction and a raffle. Hundreds of items yeah. were on tables strewn across the Hidden Village, a table the length of the, the whole room, and hundreds of items. And and so I got this one from And it there. was like 25 so. bucks a person to get in, and only one person tried to sneak in. Oh, do they know who it was? Yeah. Was it... Um, yeah, that was going to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of oh. interesting because so you went from there. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you, you, you left Don's and you went to yeah. Tonga well, Hut. And then, so even after I got out of the hospital, I wanted to work for Don's. And they asked me to come back about October time. And I came in for October, November, and they had a new quote unquote manager. And I gave him all my information, my inventory sheets, and all my recipes everything and just before thanksgiving delia was like you know what you're in too much pain you don't need to be working stay home i was like that that was her way of saying we don't need you anymore you're done yeah it just killed me wow it killed yeah. me because i really thought this was like this was my life this was right. it this i mean this is where yeah. i'm supposed to be this is yeah, where yeah. i'm meant to be um 
She was like, you can't work right now. You know, it's too much of a burden on you. And I'm like, let me decide that. I need this. I need an outlet. So then I slumped into the worst depression ever because I couldn't really walk for six months. And then six months after that was just physical therapy and no outlet, no creative outlet, no spiritual outlet. You know, I was cooking at home for my husband and that was shopping and that was it. You know, I'm not a born housewife. Mm -hmm. Uh And then, you know, I tried to find, well, maybe I'll get into the medical field because I know so much about it, radiology or hematology or whatever it is, blood drawing or it's like, no, that's not for me. And I was kind of in a rut. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Amy Boylan bought the Tonga Hut. Right. Or she bought into the Tonga Hut. Right. She became partners with Jeremy Fleener. Right. And she knew my circumstance. And she knew my love of the industry. And when somebody stopped working there, who she did great things for the Tonga Hut. She did wonderful things bringing the tiki community back in and creating a a, a little menu of her own when she was working. Um, She left and Amy called me and asked me if I wanted to do a guest shift. Mm-hmm. knowing full well <laughs> that I would catch the bug. Yeah. Knowing full well that I would be like, oh, this is really cool. But I was like, no, no, I can't do it. I'm in too much pain. I can barely walk. Physically, it's not where I'm supposed to go. I can't do it. And she kept calling and calling and calling. And I was like, all right, I'll do one shift. Sure enough, halfway through the shift, I was like, oh, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. This is exactly what I was born yeah. to do. Be around people and hospitality and friends and see the faces and make people happy. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Libra. That's what we do. So uh, halfway through the shift, they're like, how about you just pick up Monday happy hours? <laughs> and then after two weeks, how about you manage? <laughs> And then by the middle of that year, Jeremy had health issues and basically backed out of the the ownership financial end of it. And that's when I kind of took over the whole business. Yeah. I mean. And yeah. really transformed the place, really transformed the cocktails. Thank you. Yeah. And the culture. Yeah. Yeah. For Especially sure. the culture. One yeah. of the first things we did was let go of all of the people who refused to use a jigger. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a couple of guys that worked there that um, they purposely sabotaged the 34 Zombie. Oh, wow. Because they didn't want people to order it because it was too many touches. Yeah, too much work. Too much work. Wow. So how long were you at Tonga Hut? Uh, I was there from my guest shift February 12th, 2010 to February 4th, 2022. Two weeks shy, I'm sorry, 12, 12 to 23. So a week shy of 11 years. So this is similar to the tenure you had at Buster's Beach House. I was there for a lot longer. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, you're right. I was there from high school to thirties. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm getting at I'm is a, I'm a lifer. <laughs> yeah, what I'm getting at is you're not somebody who hops around from bar to bar no. to bar that, that, that you you make your mark. Talk about when the Palm Springs location opened up. Yeah. There I created a similar yet different menu. It was more extensive. Um, 
and I added some new drinks that were specific for Palm Springs that have never been in right, LA. Right. Uh, that are more desert centric. Right. Like uh, the Bermuda Dunes. Well, actually, the Bermuda Dunes, that's a funny drink. That's a funny I was there when you invented that drink. Yeah. We were at Amy's house. Yep, yep. Yeah. So Amy lived in a, t- in a little town called Bermuda Dunes that was, it's about, what, a 20 minute drive from downtown Palm Springs? It's 29 miles from there downtown you go. Town, Palm Springs. Yeah. But it has a private airport. So the house that she lived in was formerly Rock Hudson's home. Right. And he was the first home built in this community because it had the private airport because he could fly in and be himself. Yeah. Without having the paparazzi or what, whatever you called it. And it was obviously, then. it was behind the gate, right? So you, There was no gate. There was nothing else around well, there. Well, there was, yeah, right. There was I'm, just I'm nothing just there. Like, Oh, now, now it's behind, it's behind a, gate. a gate. Yeah, it's yeah. a gated community. Right, right. Rock Hudson's home, but he could be, you know, himself and be out there. Right, and he planted orange and lemon trees in the backyard. So John Paul and I were driving out there, and he uh, and everybody was like, "Oh, let's make Marie a drink for when she gets here." So they grabbed the juices, they squeezed them, and pulled everything out of the liquor cabinet. Kind of stared at it for a while, and then I walked in the door, and they're like, "Good, make right. us a drink." <laughs> and thank God I, I wrote sitting, it down. I was sitting thing. at the counter <laughs> when that happened. Yeah. I was sitting at the counter and. I remember you put that drink together and it yeah. was delicious. It's good. It's good. And it it's was on like, both what menus. should we name this? We should name this. And then who came up with the name? Was I that don't you? Know. I think it was you who came Probably. up with the name because we were in Bermuda Dunes. So yeah. It's called Bermuda Dunes. And then it ended up on the menu at Tonga Hut where it still exists. Yeah. Both today. of them. It's a good drink. It's a good drink. So one of my favorite drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah. Orjan, allspice. Can't go wrong with those flavors. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Wow, so interesting stuff. Two Tonga Hut locations. Right. So that was a challenge because I didn't live there, so I would stay at Amy's, right. and it was long hours. And as wonderful as Palm Springs is to visit, it's very difficult to have a business there because it's very transient. Right. Um, and seasonal. And seasonal. Because everything shuts down in the summer. Yep. And you don't, I mean, now they have a lot better quality of bartenders, but this was almost 10 years ago. This right. was 2014. Right. So the quality of bartenders was a little more difficult to find. And so, you know, we had to train some people and then they didn't understand making these drinks is work. Yeah. It's not slinging an apple teeny. Right. You know? Right. Uh, But it was fun. It's a beautiful location, too. Yeah, it is. It's really gorgeous. And it's in a great spot. I just wish it wasn't on the second floor. Yes. You know? Yeah. But, you know, these days they stay busy enough. Yeah. you know, I, I remember Absolutely. when it first opened, I thought, like, no one's going to know that you guys are up here. But <laughs> but now everybody knows. Yeah, it's destination. And I love that there's so many other Rum Rhapsody bars, tropical cocktail mm-hmm. bars down there, because it becomes more of a destination. If you could go to three bars yeah. or four bars or yeah. whatever. Right, right. It becomes a destination. It's a fun It's a fun day crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Or weekender. Yeah. So here's the full circle part. Yep. <laughs> What's crazy, right? Working for Don the Beachcomber under Delia, Delia sells the brand to a restaurant group in Tampa. 23 restaurant services. And you're working back under Don the Beachcomber and again. they have hired me to be their director of beverage to Don. reopen the Don the Beachcomber brand, yeah. And so this is exciting. So it's crazy. It's like, pinch me, is this really happening? <laughs> It's insane. 
So for our listeners, the male voice you're hearing outside of mine is our friend Alex Lamb, one of the co-directors for The Dawn of Tiki. And Alex is also kind of spoken with Mark about all of this. Mark Mark told me that you were the first person he called when he wanted to find the brand, when he wanted to do research on the brand, because he just Googled it and you and Max came up. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And we were like, well, we're probably not your guys. Here's here's a a list of some people. Um, Yeah. And then we, we went and had dinner with Mark and, you know, I, I told him the difference between Don the Beachcombers with Marie and without Marie. You know? <laughs> right. And he was like, yeah, I, I've heard the same thing from other people. Yeah. He heard that from a lot of people. <laughs> he heard that so, from a lot of people. Yeah. He even heard that from Delia. He yeah. met with Delia and Delia had nothing but good and kind and positive things to say about me. That's so, good. Yeah. You know, and so for our listeners that don't know this, so all of these Dawn projects actually came about all independently of each other, right? So Tim was writing his book, Alex was making Swanky. his movie, and and 23 Restaurants Absolutely. was acquiring the Dawn the Beachcomber yep. brand. Like Separately. Th- these are not all related. These were all separate mm-hmm. projects, right? And the coincidence of them happening kind of all around the same time is, is that like, is is Don at work here? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's There's... kind of strange to me, but it's exciting at the same time. Yeah, right. Because with you going in there, I saw what you did with Don the Beachcomber at Huntington Beach, <laughs> and so I know what's coming in. Because obviously, I've known you for twenty years, so I I know what's coming in with this new project for Twenty Three Restaurants. Um, how much can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Uh... Well, I don't know a lot yet. I mean, the building hasn't been built yet, you know? Okay, but we know from the article that I read, what is it, like 10 or 15 new locations across Florida? So that there's only two that have broken ground. Right. Um, And they're in the nascent stage. They have a brand right now called Tiki Docks. Right. That Mark has fallen on his sword and he realizes he did not do justice to the polypop Tiki, mid-century modern and culture. And props to him for recognizing Absolutely. and acknowledging Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Which is why he created the board of advisors that he did. So, because he wants to do Don the Beachcomber correctly. Right. Um, so, my first job is to go in and we have to put, we have to use the trademark. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to put in a few Don the Beachcomber drinks into Tiki Docks. Okay. So, that's my first job. What's going to happen to Tiki Docks with Don the Beachcomber existing? It's going to sunset. Okay. Yeah, there's a third one that is slated to open soon, probably summertime, um, that they're already too far along right now to switch it to a Don the Beachcomber. But it's probably going to be the last one. Okay. But it will have Don the Beachcomber drinks on the menu. And we have a fresh juicer, and I'm going to be going in and making the syrups, and we're going to be doing it from scratch, and those drinks will be correct. Um, there's a couple other drinks on the main menu that are really popular, but I still think we could do it better. Mm-hmm. Not to badmouth Jose Cuervo, but there's better tequilas that we can use sure. at a better price points. There's a there's a time and place for Jose Cuervo. Absolutely. But you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, but you know, there's there's things that we can do and and we can improve and you know, because they do exist and they are cool and they are fun and they do make money. Um, they're just Florida tiki. 
It's a different kind of thing. The Don the Beachcomber is a completely different animal. Right. So obviously the big concern from the community is how authentic that venture is going to be, right? right. We all trust in the names that are on this advisory right. board. So I'm sure it's going to be fine. It, what's kind of like, I'm a little jealous about this, <laughs> is that it's happening in Florida because Don has always been like a California yeah. origin story. And so now it's like being rebirthed on the other side of the country. I know. And then all the new locations are popping up over there. So I'm a little bit jealous about that. But I mean, Outback Steakhouse started in Tampa too, you know? It didn't start in Australia? No, go figure. (laughs) And they're not Australian. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of good things have come out of Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Wow. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot more room to grow in that state and open these new places and actually build new buildings from scratch, Mm. which these cocktails deserve the space and the way the bar is laid out and the ergonomics of it is going to be very critical to its success mm-hmm. as much as using fresh juices you know don built his bar yeah. you know from scratch and mariano built his bar mm-hmm. his, some of the things weren't to his specs and he made them rip it out and the maikai is now to Mariano specs. Right. You know, this right. is very important to build from the ground up. I have come into two different vintage bars that I had to do a workaround a lot of the time. But this one is all from scratch. All from scratch. I saw the photo you posted of that glass office. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's like, my office. Uh, I know I have Marie. a legit office. <laughs> so, yeah, this, you know, this is exciting. Are you... I have the time to put pencil to paper and make sure that we have the right designers and the right drawings and, you know, the right ingredients and the right contacts. And, and it's a brand that we have a 10-year plan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... That's exciting that, so I didn't want to say that because I didn't know if I was allowed to say that, but when you told me about that, I thought, wow, that's pretty exciting. So it's exciting in a lot of ways because, number one, like, you know that for at least the next decade, you're part of that plan. So that's really great. And um, number two, it shows how serious they are, right? Absolutely. That this is not just a fly-by-night. They're just trying to capitalize on the tiki thing. Nope. That they want to do everything seriously, and they're actually investing a lot of themselves and a lot of their money into this venture to make it to make it proper. So I'm excited about that. One hundred percent. Are you feeling any pressure? A lot. Okay. A lot. You know, there was a couple people that I emailed early on to let them know before the news broke that this was happening and, you know, Jeff Barry, Beachman Barry being one of them. And he's like, it's a he said, it's a big job for a big person, and you're the right person. You're the right person, absolutely. So, I so, mean, that was like a blessing that I was Everyone that's heard has said the same thing. I've not heard from one person. There was only one person that made a negative is it, is comment. It? It's that guy. <laughs> no, it's not that guy. It's not that guy. But he might as well be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I know that my audience is excited. What do you think, Alex? Knowing what you know now about Don and his legacy. Well, I, I think that with Marie, it's in the right hands. Right, like, yeah. I, I think, yeah. you know, you told us when we interviewed you, you, Marie. I mean, I've seen your interview 
a hundred times. So I remember everything that you said. <laughs> I don't you remember said, anything. You know, you know, like you, when you went into Don the Beachcombers on Sunset, you asked the staff, okay, who knows who Don the Beachcomber is? Right. And people were like, oh, he's like a person? You right. Know, like, like nobody knew. Right what it was and it was like for you it started with the history it's like you need to learn about this person and you need to learn about the history of this because that's what it is that's what our that's where our jobs are coming from and that's what our job is is to recreate this um i think that's the that's the spirit it has to come from i've already started writing the bartender training manual that starts with ernest beaumont yet yeah yeah (laughs) and who he is right that's awesome which, by the way, that piece that you just said where, where she says, mm-hmm. how many of you know who Don the Beachcomber is? It's on the cutting room floor. I didn't see it on that rough cut. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff on the right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. That's for an audio commentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I want to see that because I didn't see it in the rough cut. I, I'm dying did he because... Cut, did he cut my part where he asks me what... Don the Beachcomber means to me. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. You're in the movie I asked a lot. Him to. You're in the movie a lot, Marie. Because um, yeah, I got a big movie, mouth. No, the movie wouldn't work without you. Yeah, well, not at all. I'm a living person that has seen yeah. a transition. You know what I mean? And I'm just lucky to. I'm not. There's nothing that I've done. Yeah, I have a decent palate. Yes, I know. It's like a chef. You know, you either can mm-hmm. do it or you can't. You can bake. You can't. Yeah. Two people can have the same recipe in front of them, and one's going to make it well, and one's not going to make it well. You know, right. it's just. It's a talent that some people have. Some people don't. I don't have maybe a talent for writing, but you know, I have a talent for making drinks. That's just. I'm. I'm blessed but you, with a palate. You tell stories very well so in in the uh, documentary I've been in very lucky to have been in the first and optimal place in 2008 2009 when this brand was taking off here in California you know and and that set my road yeah you know but if it wasn't for the predecessor if it wasn't for the Tiki Tea or the Tonga Hut staying open if it wasn't for people keeping this spirit alive I wouldn't have a job right you know I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Jeff Barry and Martin Kate and we all kind of did all of this together right Right. you know if it wasn't for your podcast would people still be interested you know there's a lot of people that listen to this and that's their number one point of contact you know they weren't around 20 years ago in this scene so yeah yeah well, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks. I'm happy that you were able to make it here before you left for Florida. Yeah. And definitely going to miss you. We're oh. definitely going to miss you. And I apologize that it took so long. So I was telling this to Marie. I was super intimidated to have her on the podcast. That's why I hadn't asked her. <laughs> I was super intimidated because like, so I've known you for, for like we talked about this. We've known as you for like 20 dirt. years, yeah. right? And so it's not from the perspective of like, the friendship, because we're longtime friends. I was about to say old friends. Right. We're longtime friends. I mean, I went to but you the, and Stephanie's wedding. You were at my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is that I'm not the rum nerd or the cocktail nerd that everybody thinks I am. And I di- just didn't want to look or sound stupid. Because, no, because never Marie, would. this is Marie you King. Never would. Right? So this is Marie King. Oh, God. So, um, and so I apologize for only having you now before you're leaving for Florida. But I'm happy that you came Thank on you. a rainy day when everything's <laughs> flooded, right? Yeah. There's a video on Twitter right now that says, no, that is not the LA River. That's the five freeway. <gasps> 
and I'll send you the link so you can see. And there's, and they're driving along it. You see the barrier, and it looks like they're driving along the side of the river. And then all of a sudden, on the other side, you see a car stuck in the middle. Oh. And it's the other side of the freeway flooded. So, yeah. So I appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, out it's today. like thirty nine degrees outside. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what's happening, but we're warm and cozy. Actually, I'm sweating a little bit. I know, me here too. <laughs> inside the Desert Oasis room. I apologize. It's all the lamps that make it warm. Um, so the daiquiri didn't hurt. So we're going to bid you the best of luck. Thank and, you. And I'm gonna tell miss you everyone. We're, we're gonna miss you very much. <sighs> It's a big step. I would only do it for this brand. I don't think there's anything else, you know. Well, you know, Don deserves when, it. When when Swanky came to me, he came to L.A. for Alex's benefit mm-hmm. or fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. And I missed him a couple of times. It was a couple events, and Brother Cleve passed away that weekend. That's right. And it was the L.A. Rum Festival, and it was right, just so right, busy. Right, right, and yeah. Swanky texted me and said, hey, can you meet for breakfast? I want to talk business. This was September. I was like, what business do I have with you? You know, right. you're a writer. Okay, cool. And John Paul was like, I want to come because, you know, I want to do my books, and I want to talk to him. And I was like, absolutely great. Break the ice. I don't know what's going on. So we took him to Ray's, which was this uh, Googie Diner in Santa Monica. And he was sitting across from us and John Paul and he were talking books and publishers and, uh, you know, layout and illustration and rights and all this kind of stuff. And our food came and he had a fork and a knife in his hand. And he goes, before I start to eat with his little (laughs) southern draw, he points his knife in my direction. He's like, do you want to work for Don the Beachcomber again? (laughs) So blunt, right? Just so blunt. And I was like, uh, huh? (laughs) <laughs> what? It was like, they're going to open in Florida. I would love to put your name in the running for beverage director. Wow. It's like, uh, I don't know if I've had enough coffee yet. Let me, what? Right. Yeah, tell me more. Right. He didn't have the information, but he was in contact with Mark, and Mark had asked him to give him some submissions of who would want the job. And Swanky just went through a list of names. And when he hit mine, he was like, nope, that's it. It's got to be her. Yeah. So they, uh, he was like, all right, well, I'll let him know that you're interested and have him reach out to you. I'm having drinks with him on Thursday. And my gut was like, may I join you? Right. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. I wasn't invited. I invited myself. Yeah. yeah. He was like, well, let me call Mark and find out if it's okay. And once we dropped him off, five minutes later, I got another text from Swanky. He would love for you to join us. Yeah. And then it was this wonderful sit down for three hours and have cocktails and just talk about Don and the industry and philosophy and thoughts. And so that you must have really hit it deal. off. Yeah. So Swanky took Mark to the Tiki Tea uh-huh. with Sven. Uh-huh. And um, kudos to Mark for having an open mind. Like he really, yeah. he really wants to do everything properly, Prop- you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so when I met him, you know, one of the first things he said to me was like, you know, he's his like, name is Mark Brown, by the way. Mark I don't think Brown. we mentioned his last name. The and president of 23 Restaurant Services. Yeah, so so uh, so let's give him his props for having that open mind and 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 being like you know somebody that wants to do everything properly because he did even say to me after we first met, he's like embarrassingly like when we opened Tiki Docs like we didn't mm-hmm. do everything properly and we did we you know I admit that we didn't do our research you know and so. 
So props to him for for having the you know the wherewithal to make sure that this is done right, done, done the right way. Absolutely. Yeah. And and what I had learned about what was happening, I learned about it at Tiki T through our friend Eric who runs the oh, right. the Neon Museum and um, and does the the Neon bus tours. And I said, "Wait, what? What? What?" And he's like, "Yeah, she's moving to Florida." And like he's like yelling because it's Tiki T, right? She's moving to Florida. She's gonna be their new beverage director. I'm like, "What?" So then, <laughs> yeah. so then the next day, I said, to "Alex, my phone was starting." Do to you know about up. this? And Alex was like, "No, I'm gonna text her right now." Then she's like texting her while I was on the phone with him, and then he says, "I, like, I gotta go." She's calling. Marie's calling. I gotta go. She's yeah. calling me right now. <laughs> and then, and then, because I was driving, I'm like, "I'm not gonna text this back." Yeah. <laughs> and then you texted me and said. Hey, so if you want to know the details, call me. Right. And so I called you and I got the story that, that we, you just told yeah. uh, on the phone. So I was like, oh my God. Okay, so we have to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so not just because of that, but you know, it's been a long time coming having you on the show. Thank you. So. I appreciate it. So <laughs> we're going to wrap up this episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. And I'm going to direct you guys to check out our YouTube channel because we're going to have Marie make a cocktail for us. And before we do that, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners? Do you want to do a shout out or do you want to put any of your social media? Do you want to say anything about where you're going? Anybody that hung out at your bars? You know, I love you all. Thank you for giving me a career that I love. Thank you for blessing me with a life that makes me happy. Um, thank you to my husband, who is my rock, my support, and, you know, my end-all, be-all hero. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you guys want to follow our adventures, we also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop. And if you want to help support the show, we're at patreon.com slash Polynesian Pop. Thanks for listening to another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. Until the next time. Cheers and aloha. Yeah.